That is a classic show. How can you even compare the two? It was the last season of The Americans. I absolutely adored that show. Come on, we need to find some rockets. That was the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard on Sensibly Loud Radio. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Sensibly Loud Radio. It's your main man, J-Mac, here on this gorgeous Monday evening. I am joined here in studio by the one, the only. Be easy. Good evening, Brandon. Good evening, J-Mac. How's it going, man? Good, man. Welcome back. Yeah, thanks. It was... uh... Kind of a little nice to have last week off, but I I did miss the show, dude. You got content brain real bad. It happens. Yeah. It happens. <laughs> it does. Yeah, your brain becomes a noodle, and you just can't do anything about it. It's yeah. Well, I got a lot to talk about. So I know you uh, do. No, that's good. And it was great to have Ben and and Claire fill in for you a little bit. Anyway. Yeah, I thought they did a great job. Listen to the episode. Ben did an excellent job uh, interviewing. The lead singer, the Vandaliers, uh, very interesting interview. Um, thought that was a really great first musician interview for our radio show. I think so too, man. And the thing that Claire brought up, and I think I appreciate this the most, even after listening back to it, was that he gave you a lot. He didn't really, it wasn't hard to ask him questions. He was happy to answer them, and he answered them in a really, you know, uh, a lengthy way. So you, you t- came away with a lot. It was great. Yeah. He was very sincere where I think a lot of musicians, uh, even from if they're just local in the Dallas market, aren't going to really disclose. But you could tell, you know, those guys had a little bit of rapport going and caught him on a good day. So he was really interested in in talking about everything that uh, the direction what the conversation was going in. Absolutely, man. And you and I have been in bands and stuff over the years and everything. And so we can relate to a lot of that stuff. And so I feel like that's why he was someone that was so interesting to have on the show. I I don't know. I thought it was really awesome. Oh, yeah. And I cannot wait to have him back again. I I hope he does come back. Uh, I'd be interested to talk to him, kind of pick his brain a little bit. Definitely. About what he what he thinks about the current music scenery and everything, but also to get some future guests on. So I, th- I thought it was a really excellent first interview for Ben and everybody else. I agree. Well, it has been kind of crazy around here with getting this new website done and everything. And uh, we're almost done. I'd say we're what, like 90% done with it, 95% done with it. Yep, just about done. Uh, moving some content over slowly, but surely. Or I guess that's really picking up steam here recently. But yeah, almost done with that. Yeah, man, it's going to be great to have it out where everybody can see the content a lot easier. All of the search capability and everything's a lot better. The organization of it is better. Everybody's got pictures and all that that's actually properly done. So it's all, uh, we really took the time to make sure it was right. And we've been working on this project for probably the better part of, overall four months just planning and and getting it ready and trying to figure out what it needs and you know making sure everybody has all the tools that they need to blog and and all that fun stuff and so you know we've got the phone numbers for all the shows now we've got uh you know the email addresses and all that so everybody's going to be you know it's going to be easier to get a hold of everybody in touch with everyone and communicate with our hosts because i think that's something that people are have been missing and something that i think will, will be really good for the company Definitely. And once we unveil and and basically turn everything on for the new site, listeners, you'll be in for a treat. We got some special things lined up uh, to kick that off uh, to kind of coincide with it. Yeah. So be on the lookout for new content. And, and funny that you say that. We were talking about a little bit of that last week with the new commercial. Uh, what did you think of Ben and I's story about having to go out and find the uh, the baseball field and everything? I thought it was hilarious. Uh, basically been trying to figure out how to get into the field and those guys just saying, Oh, just hop the fence. <laughs> yeah, man. Those guys just, Oh no, you're good. Just hop the fence. We were like, uh, <laughs> nah, <laughs> not, not exactly. <laughs> and again, I said it on radio last week. I'm, I'm perfectly willing to get arrested for something for this company, but it's gotta be something worthwhile. Not breaking into a baseball field to fit to film, you know, 15 seconds worth of commercial. Yeah, I like how you guys were carrying the camera around and the guys over there see the equipment. They're they're just kind of like, why are you guys why are you guys here? Well, we weren't exactly discreet, and there are gonna be some pictures that come out on the new site that kind of show what I might have done to garner some attention towards us. So you, you guys will <laughs> see that. That's coming soon. So more to come awesome. from the the making of the outfielder commercial, but uh, that's a lot of fun. 
Did you notice the new blogger that uh, kind of sprung up overnight? Yeah, a very shadowy, mysterious figure, but uh, really interesting stuff that he's put. Dude, yeah, so Grenovo Alexander is the new guy, and I don't really know much about this dude. Uh, this is kind of the first time I've let someone else take the reins on a, a you know, I'm going to go find somebody that I think will be good. So I don't really know much about this cat. But this strange-ass blog that he wrote about the Duke-Syracuse game that wound its way into making fun of Pfizer and hobos drinking Ripple is... And it, that blog is unbelievable. But it showed up at like 1.30 in the morning the other night. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, okay. And I read this thing and I was like, oh my God. And this guy, we know almost nothing about him. Uh, I know he lives in New York, so. Is he like a fashion designer? Because it sounds like, you know, it's like, oh, who are you wearing this evening, J-Mac? Grenovo Alexander. Dude, yeah, but I mean, you you say that, but it could also be the name of a fucking assassin or something, too. That would be. Oh, funny. yeah, that's yeah, true. I mean, he it could be anything. So I'm so, I'm going to New York on, on Thursday, so I'm supposed to try to have. Oh, okay. a, I'm supposed to have a drink with this guy. So we'll see what happens. Nice. Nice. Yeah. But uh, so that's exciting. Always good to have new content, new, fresh perspective on things and whatnot. Uh, It's, you know, I think uh, you and I were talking just a second ago about, you know, having a noodle and having content brain and all that. And it's like the best thing about that is you kind of come back with a really, really fresh mind and you can really kind of start putting that to some new ideas and stuff that's exciting. Yeah, it's always good to take a break from time to time. And, you know, you did that going up to Colorado. So it's, it's just something to, you, you got to take a break and walk away, get a new perspective, come back. That's Absolutely. just the creative process. Yeah. And you got to disconnect a little bit. It's hard to do that with what we do and, you know, as much time as we spend managing social and all that, but, uh, it, it's still, I, I love it in a way that, it, because I still get to stay informed, but it, it, you have to take a break from it for a little while. So I'm glad you got some rest, man. We miss you on the show, but you know, it's all right. We uh, we're glad that you got the rest. So, yeah, well, that's what the great part about having this big, happy family that is sensibly loud media. You know, we yeah. just we come in, we pinch it and knock it out of the park. Everybody does it, man. It's been a lot of fun so far. And we're going to be doing more of the mix match stuff as we kind of keep going. Jason, I've yep. got some new ideas that we're kind of workshopping right now that could spawn into something. I think that's going to be really different than what we've done before, but something really cool. So we're we've got a couple things we're kicking around. So lots to do. Lots to come in the coming months, so be on the lookout for that. The other uh, thing I was going to tell you is, you know how I knew today was a Monday? How's that? So I get up this morning and going to you know, go get my day started. I had to run a couple of errands. And, but I got up and you know got moving, had some coffee. I went to bed at a decent time last night, even though we worked until pretty late. Still got some good sleep and everything. Got some coffee this morning. Felt great. Took a shower. Was out the door earlier than I usually am. Walked outside and I had a goddamn flat tire. Oh. And the thing is, I have run flats on my car. And so mm-hmm. I, it looked just low. And so I took it to the gas station right down the street. I have one that's not even a mile away from my house and put some air in it. And it immediately went flat again. So I was like, great. And it's hard to tell with the run flat tires sometimes. And so oh, yeah. I drove it 10 miles an hour all the way home. <laughs> and. <laughs> Went in my garage and changed the damn tire and took it to discount tire. And of course, they had to order it three to five days. First world problems, I know, but really, really annoying on a Monday morning. Yeah, that uh, coincidentally, that actually happened to me three or four months ago. And it was before work. I got up. It was a Monday, but it was raining outside. And Thankfully, I uh, realized it was flat in the garage, but I was like, oh, my God, son of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't that yeah. happen to you recently, too, whenever you went to go buy some piece of equipment for recording? Uh, Yeah, that, that did. Yeah. Or something like that, right? Wasn't there something? Oh, yeah. It was on that same weekend. I was going to go out, go get it, and then ended up getting delayed, and I had to get it the next day. Oh, but- got it. <laughs> but I had to I had to work on that whole deal of changing out the tire in the garage, you know, oh, chucking yeah. the wheel, doing it like I haven't had to ever do that in this car. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, doing it with uh 19 inch alloys versus the smaller wheels I used to have on the older car, you know, took a little bit. But <laughs> yeah, so where where was the nail in your tire? I guess it wasn't patchable. They just oh. had to order it. Well, the thing is I ruined the tire by driving it all the way back home. <laughs> <laughs> 
But I wasn't going to change a tire on the side of the road either. I didn't. I mean, if I could help it. And like I said, I was like a quarter of the mi- of a mile from the house. I literally drove no more than ten miles an hour all the way home. That kind but of this thing. is a, a new vehicle you got, so yeah. don't you have like uh, some sort of service? No, of course not. Oh no, no, the tires and all that are not covered. So you know, it's you know, but at the end of the day, like though, a roadside service. Oh, yeah, I guess I could have. But like I said, I was a quarter of the mile from the house, and I can change a damn tire by myself. It's not a big deal. I, you know, yeah. not, it took me 20 minutes to change the tire total, and that's like getting everything out, wrapping it, and like putting everything back away. You know, so it's it's not like it's that long of a deal, but it's just... It's well, it's a pain. It's a pain in the ass, especially when it's a new car, because you got to take things out right. and it might still be wrapped up in something. And yeah. yeah. And the other thing about it, though, is so, yeah, I, I ruined the tire by driving on it. But at the same <laughs> time, uh, the piece of metal that was in it, it was it wouldn't have been patchable anyway. So it wow, was like a piece on that, of metal. Yeah, it was like a nail or something like that for my neighborhood. Oh, right, right, right. OK, yeah. It's kind of annoying, but it's I mean, it wouldn't have been patchable no matter what. So I may as well just driven it home, you know. Yeah, true. So that was the start of my Monday. So I was uh, my cage was a little bit rattled because of that. <laughs> not not a good start to the week. No, I wasn't that mad, though. I didn't really. I mean, it's just one of those things. You know, I mean, what are you going to do? What me getting angry is not going to help anything. So you on the like the spare donut tire now? Yeah, dude, it's great. <laughs> the one that they tell you that has a big yellow sticker on it says don't drive over 50 miles an hour like an asshole. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't drive longer than this distance yeah. for this long. Yeah. And, yeah. How am I supposed to keep track of that? <laughs> right. Wait, not over 50. How far have we gone? <laughs> <laughs> bit, bit too much work. Yeah. yeah it's a, a lot, lot of, of calculation. Uh, calculation. Yeah, a lot of calculation. Exactly. We're not, we're not uh, fans of calculation around here. We, that's what we have the interns for. Well, so I had something weird happen to me today. Um, I Today wasn't too bad with work, but I had to run out, get food real quick. So I ran to the local Whataburger. Got to love uh, Whataburger in the great state of Texas. Of so I went and got in the drive-thru and made my order. I'm sitting there for a little bit and I noticed the line's taking a little long, but usually does because Whataburger kind of makes stuff, you know, after you order it. Eventually, the car in front of me gets their stuff, and I could tell they they put it in drive because I see the brake lights come on, Mm -hmm. and they're about to move forward, and all of a sudden they stop like the whole car just jerks forward like it was a un you know unplanned stop, and I'm like, wait, what the hell's going on? I look up ahead, and because I can't see through the windshield with so much window tint, this lady and she must have been like in her mid sixties or early seventies comes walking up the side enough to where the car had to stop or was going to hit her. And um, she was walking up to the drive-thru window and started tapping on the window. And it was just like, excuse me, excuse me. I'm like, what the hell? So I look past and I see that she was in like a minivan that's in front of the car. And she had backed the minivan up, got out and walked up to the drive-thru window. So she was clogging up the whole line? Yeah. Okay, so hold on. Let's back up for a second. So you're, so there's a, a the van ends up being at the very front, probably just past the window. So the the next car that was in front of you could pull up to it, right? Right. Okay. So then the the car that's in front of you gets their food and starts to take off, and that's when they slam on their brakes. Well, no, the the car, yeah, they they slam on their brakes because she put it in reverse. Right, that's she what I'm saying. Yeah, one of those where she had already gotten. Well, I assume she had already gotten food, but then I started thinking about it. It's one of those where they're like, "Oh, just pull forward, we'll bring your food out." Yeah, you know, one of those where they're yeah, short staffed or something like that. Sure. So yeah, I'm like, who is this crazy lady, and and why she back up, and why she instead of walking inside like any sane normal person. You walk up to the drive-through window while someone's completing their transaction, getting their food. Look, man. <laughs> so, so guess what happens? Okay. Go so ahead. she, so she, after she talks to them in the the drive-through window, she's shaking her head, and they're like, "We'll bring your food out, ma'am. Sorry for the wait." And walks back to the car, and I could tell the the driver in front of me didn't really interact with her and just waited, and then. And then move forward. And then it took forever for him to finally get around. And she finally clued in that she needed to move forward. So I pull up, give my card, wait on my food. My food's about to come out. They give me my food. They're, they're doing the drink. Mm-hmm. And then guess who comes walking back up? 
Oh my God. Really? And I'm like, I'm like, you know what? I'm not having any of this dude. So my window's already down. She comes up and she's close to my, uh, my side mirror. And I lean out and I'm like, can I help you? (laughs) And she's like, uh, well, yeah, I need to, I need to talk to them. It's just starts tapping the window. And I'm like, how about you just go inside and talk to the manager instead of blocking everybody else in the drive-through? And she's, she just goes, well, but I really needed my food and they promised it. And this is twice now. And I'm like, ma'am, you're not making any sense. You're, you're coming up in, in front of me trying to get my food. You know, if anything to go talk to a manager, it's simply just walk, just walk into the fast food joint. And so she, you know, they open up the drive through window and she's just like, you know, they're asking me if I want ketchup or whatever. And, and she rudely interrupts them. was just like, when am I going to get my food? And I'm like, uh, I believe they were asking me a question. <laughs> You're not letting her <laughs> slide a bit. Yeah. yeah. She looks at me and she's just like, well, where do you get off? Blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, I'm like, look, lady, you want to be a crazy psycho bitch? Go right ahead. But why don't you do it inside in the lobby? <laughs> and she just looked at me. She's like, well, I never. And I'm just like, yeah, that's what I thought. Go back to your minivan. And I, I turned and, and she just looked at me like her jaw was dropped open. Like, I didn't have any, any time for this. I, I had meeting to get to and all this stuff. I, I looked back at the, the lady in the, the drive-thru window. She was just kind of looking at me like, hmm, like, that's kind of what I wanted to say to her, but I can't, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, I just look at her and I'm like, can you believe these these white people? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, this lady's unbelievable. Yeah, this lady's and she ends, up, she ends up walking away. And after she walked away, the, the drive-thru uh, girl was just laughing. That's amazing. I'm just like, glad I can make your day. Dude. Thank you. I, I love that. I love how many people at this company we have that will take, that will stand up for the common person. You, so you did that, which is awesome, which is what you should have done. I strongly mm-hmm. agree. You know me. I don't let that shit slide for a second either. So I would have done the exact same thing you did. I probably would have made it far worse than you did. Far oh, worse. Oh, yeah. I know. know. Like for me, that's, that's usually I'm pretty controlled, but that's me like becoming a little bit, little bit, you know, unhinged, but I know you would, would go a little crazy with it. Dude. Yeah. I would take that shit next level. So, I mean, kudos to you for being the voice of the common man, but also taking the moral high ground and helping some people out a little bit because this place fucking sucks. And in general, (laughs) it does. And so at the end of the day, like it's great to have somebody that'll stand up for somebody that won't stand up for themselves every now and then. It's funny that you say this because Sam got into it with this Asian woman at a gas station, not probably about a year and a half ago for yelling at some Vietnamese woman about being not from this country. Wow. (laughs) Sam took the Vietnamese uh, girl's side real fast. Like, real fast. and started yelling at this woman. It was unbelievable. And it just, that was the first thing that made me think of was how many people at this company we have that will just go to fucking town on somebody and make sure that the right, you know, the the it's the Larry David thing, right? That everything that is that makes sense in this world is stood up for. Yeah, exactly. It's just common decency. But also, number one, like, if people aren't using their brain like this lady clearly wasn't, like, who does that walking up to a drive through window like that? Yeah, what an asshole. What yeah. an asshole, dude. That's unbelievable. Well, kudos to you for doing the right thing there. Something happened to me. I, br- I brought up Larry David. I didn't even mean to in this, but it's a nice transition, so <laughs> I'm just going to I'm just gonna use it. I had something happen to me today, speaking of common decency and courtesy, that always annoys me, and I didn't notice it. Oh, I did notice it, and I abruptly shut it down. I had someone try to use the smooth move of doing a chat and cut with me today. You know, oh, really? where they come up and say, oh, hey, Brandon, when you're in the middle of the line and mm-hmm. good to see you. And yeah. then they just hang there. Yeah, they, they hang there and talk you. to you. And then, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So someone tried to do that to me today. And I realized what was happening because I hadn't seen this person in quite some or I hadn't talked to this person for any good reason in quite some time. And so I just stopped talking to him and kind of turned my back a little bit. <laughs> much- you know what you should have done on top of that? What's that? It, if you had enough stored up rip like a really really rank fart and then just run away <laughs> then just go get my food and keep walking yeah and then everybody turns around like oh yeah and you're just like it was them i had yeah. to run away from that no i 
I fixed the line problem for you. <laughs> we we fixed the glitch. Yeah, exactly. I fixed the line problem. <laughs> I know a uh, chat and cut when I see one. <laughs> don't don't try to you know don't try to not call it what it is. It's a chat and cut. So right. <laughs> just speaking of human decency and people doing asshole things, it's a hell of a world we live in, though. This, like I said, this place fucking sucks. Yeah, I mean, it really is. And I think that's why all of us at Sensibly Loud would stand up for the common man or woman because we are the common man, dude. We are the common man at the end of the day. Yeah. Like if people won't stand up for, you know, themselves, like we're going to help stand up for the the little guy that's going to get stomped on. We've we've worked those service industry jobs where right. you might have to pull your punches a little bit. So yeah, I totally felt for the the person working the drive through window. Dude, we're a hundred percent lucky that we get to sit here and do what we do, you know. But I, I just I'm not not letting the the big guy try to steamroll the little dude. Not letting that happen. Right. <clears throat> Speaking of uh, going back to the fix the glitch quote I used. Yeah. Uh, I, Last week, I went and saw Office Space oh, yeah. at Alma Draft House in Las Colinas. That's right, because it was 25 years old? 20 years old? Uh, 20th. 20th. Came out in 1999. How was the movie experience? It was great. Uh, it was remastered, I could tell. It looked clearer than even the... I went home and looked at the Blu-ray copy that I have, and even my friend that has it on the Plex server who claims it's remastered, it's not. Um, yeah. but it looked really good. They made it real fun. They handed out pieces of flair and mini staplers. Nice. <laughs> so anytime Milton talks about a stapler, people started clicking their staplers. Oh God. Um, yeah, it, it thankfully it wasn't too many times, so it didn't get too annoying because I was really afraid of that, but well, you could tell everybody was just there to watch the movie for sure. But everybody there has at least seen it because, you know, so, I mean, it's not like it's a big, even if they're doing it in, in fun, you know, and it's fun and everything. It's not like it ruins the movie. Yeah, but it was about sold out, and they were showing it in all the other locations throughout the Metroplex throughout the week. Uh, what was interesting, though, uh, watching that is just everybody's just, you know, everybody just loves that movie. They filmed that movie in Las Colinas and in Austin. Yeah. So I just thought it was awesome to see it in Las Colinas that night. Uh, but what was uh, what was real interesting about it, uh, watching it there, was just the the scenes I had forgotten about, and also you know seeing it with a friend who had never seen it before. Oh my and, god, you went with someone who hadn't seen it! Wow, what an experience! Yeah. Yep, what an so, experience! I kind of want to get them on eventually to hear what their thoughts were on the movie and everything. Dude, it'd be fascinating to talk to an adult that hasn't seen that movie, right? Or like until just recently. Yeah. God, how could you have gone this long? Because it's so symbolic, I feel like. It's symbolic, but you know, it's an interesting movie because they they did the movie for 10 million and only made 10.6 million back. But in DVD sales, it made more than combined. It was real interesting. Um that that really has amassed a cult following. Oh, absolutely. It's it's no doubt a cult following type movie, but it's still, I mean, I saw that in like high school. Right. Did you happen to see what Mike Judge tweeted the day of the anniversary? No, I didn't. It was a picture of the, uh, it's like clearly like a display in his home. And it's a picture of the director's sign that they click when they say action. I can't think of what that thing's called. The uh, uh, Like the marker or something yeah, like that? Yeah, like a marker. Yeah. From the movie. And then they had the burnt stapler. It's <laughs> <laughs> great. I was like, for that movie, that's the perfect prop that you'd want. It's just that Did stapler. You know? Did you know that Swing Line did not have that stapler in production until after that movie came out? I did not. No, that's crazy. Yeah. They they did not have like a red Swing Line stapler did not exist. Interesting. So whenever they kind of crafted that um, from scratch, now you can go into Costco, buy those anywhere. Let me ask you this. So speaking of office space in general, why yeah. is Ron Livingston not more popular? I don't know, um, you know, because he was in that. He was in Swingers. He was in, I mean, he's been in so much. Uh, he's in a lot of uh, recent stuff that came out, too. Um, oh, and he was in that other series, the uh, the war series came out in World War, uh, it was about World War II, that Steven Spielberg, Band of Brothers. Band of Brothers, that. yeah. He was also in. Uh, he's a great actor. Yeah, he's also, in, he has a show called Louder Milk that's out. I think that's his show right now. Oh, yeah, I've heard about that. Yeah, and he's like a recovering alcoholic, and it's interesting. But I, I don't know. I just feel like he's not as big as he should be. I think he's such a good actor, man. Yeah, same here. I, You know, I've always kind of seen him as kind of like a lot of those guys off of uh, 40-Year-Old Virgin. Oh, yeah. 
like Paul Rudd. He kind of reminds me of like a Paul Rudd, but you know, more of an actor. I see the vision. Yeah, I see that. Yeah. But uh, kind of your everyman. That's awesome, man. Did you didn't you see one other movie recently at like the Draft House or something? Other than that, I have not gone to the Draft House in a little while. I think okay. it was back in December, something like that. Okay, I, I don't know. I was thinking that you were maybe I'm just thinking of whenever you were telling me you were going to see that, but I thought you were seeing something else before that or something. But nope, that's it. We must have been talking about movies that are coming out. That's typically how those conversations. Go. Oh yeah, that yeah, that can definitely get mixed up. Man, speaking of things coming out, that Rocket Man trailer looked electric. Dude, absolutely. So is that gonna be? Is that like a musical type movie? It, it looks like it's going to be a little bit of kind of like how they did Bohemian Rhapsody and a few others where, yeah, it's going to be musical, but I kind of like how it's Taron Edgerton actually singing. So who knows? I mean, uh, and we'll get into this a little bit, but, you know, Rami Malek just won uh, Best Leading Actor for the Oscars last night. Who knows? Maybe we'll be sitting here next February and Taron Edgerton be nominated. Who knows? I know, man. It's It has the potential to be really good. But man, like I am such an Elton John fan that it has a high bar to hit for me because of how enthralled I am by his first like six albums, seven albums, something like that. I just this has got to be really good. I think it's going to be, but it's got to be really good. Yeah, absolutely. And this director is a little bit of an unknown director. He's this is only his fourth movie ever done, and I don't recognize the other ones he's done. Maybe that's a good thing here. Maybe a, a yeah. different type of perspective than we've seen. Yeah, I think so. But yeah, it looks real interesting. Really, really excited for that because I'm a big fan of his music as well. Oh, Go I was going to say, unfortunately, it's probably not going to get into the deep cuts like Indian Sunset is my guess. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, there's a few other things coming out too. So a lot of stuff next month uh, in March. Highwaymen is one thing that's coming out. Dude. It's Kevin Costner and Woody Harrelson. They play a pair of police officers coming out of retirement to catch the infamous outlaws, Bonnie and Clyde. This looks amazing. This it really does. Uh, going in to watch the trailer, I'm like, okay, is it just going to be a bunch of comedy and be campy? You know, and there's a little bit of humor, but it's more of like the dry sense of humor. But it, it actually looks really good and gritty. It's the Woody Harrelson type sense of humor. <laughs> right. Yeah. Very dry. Very, very dry. Almost painfully dry at times. But I'm excited for this movie. It's going to be great, man. It's Netflix direct, so it's going to be... It's just another Netflix thing, man. We were talking about that a little bit before the show. Yeah. It's pretty insane. All that you hear about is Netflix. Yeah. I mean, they have that coming out next month. They have Triple Frontier, which is uh, Ben Affleck, Oscar Isaac, Charlie Hunnam. I mean, it's just... They got all kinds of stuff lined up. I've always heard that they're... I mean, I think we both heard at the beginning of the year they spent you know, billions of dollars or something like that on yep. their films that they're releasing so here's the the first slot of it so we'll we'll definitely uh watch those and give you guys a review hope you watch those as well uh what else is uh what else is on the docket here uh let's see what have we got so oh the hummingbird project yeah so that's another movie coming out uh that is going to be out march 15th that's awesome man so this movie essentially is going to be about high frequency trading and specifically the story of these guys that dug a fiber optic line from, where was it from? Uh, Nebraska. I think it's from, uh, I'm reading the notes real quick. It actually says Kansas to New Jersey. Oh, Kansas to New Jersey. That's right. Because they had a trading firm, uh, like a trading desk that's right there on the other side of the river in New Jersey that has a direct line to the New York Stock Exchange. And the whole idea is to make this, like stopping at no links, to make sure that this wire that they're trying to build or to bury is straight. It cannot curve in any way because it slows yeah, fiber down. optic. Right. It's fiber optic. It slows down the light that carries the, you know, the information. Mm -hmm. And so it puts them milliseconds closer to finding out quotes, which gives them a competitive edge to buy in the stock market. So it's funny that you brought this to my attention, Brandon, because there's actually a Michael Lewis book about this. Do you, are you familiar with Michael Lewis? Uh, a little bit. Michael Lewis wrote Moneyball. Uh, he okay. wrote uh, one about the mortgage crisis. The Big Short. The Big Short. Duh. The Big Short. He wrote a book called Liar's Poker, which is not one you've necessarily heard of, but that's about 
working in the bond industry in the 80s and what that was like and he's a very fascinating author and i think he's a good author because he writes in ways that people can understand really complex ideas and he he just gives examples and makes it easy to understand that's all i can really describe as yeah like you know nobody enjoys listening to people talk about advanced metrics and saber metrics and stuff in baseball but he has a way of explaining it in a Brad Pitt style movie that makes it digestible and makes it understandable. And he's just really yeah. good at that. And so there's a book that he wrote called Flash Boys. And I read this probably so I, I've kind of lived the Wall Street life before. I don't I won't talk about it too much because I just can't. But I've lived that that life before as a trader and everything. And it's very, very interesting what can make the difference in a market and understanding what what a millisecond difference in time can do and what kind of competitive advantage that can give an algorithm and a supercomputer without going. I mean, that's pretty far in the weeds already, but it's a fascinating topic. And this book, dude, I, I got this book and I didn't put it down. I read this book for like, it took me like 12 hours and I just read it straight. I could not put it down. It is such a fascinating story. And so this this documentary, this movie is going to be great. It's not a documentary, but it's kind of it's like a movie based on a yeah, a based off reality. Yeah, 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 for sure. And I'm sure they'll style it up a little bit, but yeah, it's it's real interesting too because the the mention of the fiber optic network and how making a decision like that, a market decision based on a, like just milliseconds, just how quick uh, it can change. That's something I'm becoming familiar with through yeah. what I do as well, which I can't talk about as well, but uh, I'm very familiar with fiber optics and stuff like that. And it's real interesting, the stuff that's buried underground, how often that stuff gets cut yeah. because construction crews come out, they don't do the proper procedure of checking to see what's below the ground. Next thing you know, it gets cut and then everybody's freaking out because they're losing millions of dollars. Yeah. It happens in America every day. It really does, man. It's crazy. And it's just an innocent mistake that can cost people millions of dollars. It's insane. It's a really, really insane topic. If you want to know more about it, Flash Boys is a great book to read, though, uh, for anybody out there that's really looking to learn more about it. But this Hummingbird Project, it's got, uh, what's that guy's name? Jesse? Uh, Jesse Eisenberg. Jesse Eisenberg. The dude who was in The Social Network, who played Mark Zuckerberg. He's incredible. I think he's a great actor. I like him a lot. Yeah. Well, and he always plays a smart ass, so of course you'll like him a lot. Yeah, no, of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shocking, right? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so I'm, I'm looking forward to this. So, man, there's a lot of good stuff coming out in March. I'm yeah. glad. Uh, I'm this glad. one, by the way, for our listeners, this one's going to be coming out uh, theatrical release. Uh, the, so the other two, like we mentioned before, will be Netflix, and this will be in theaters. Oh, okay, nice. Can't wait for that, man. Yeah, so we'll definitely review that for sure. Absolutely. Man, I've been, uh, I finally jumped into True Detective Season 3. Oh, nice, dude. Yeah, the finale just happened last night. And yep, I told you I was going to yep. start watching it as soon as it was completed. Yep. Yeah, so we literally started it yesterday. Two episodes in so far, enthralled, no doubt oh, about yeah. it. Oh, yeah. You can already tell. Like, season two, you're like, what season two? I don't even, you know. Didn't happen. Totally forget about it. Didn't happen. It was like a bad girlfriend. Just <laughs> goodbye. Yeah, exactly. It was, it's night and day difference. You can tell the the production kind of went back to how the first season was. You can tell that Nick Palazzano or whatever the hell his name is, is yep. back to writing it. Or, you know, wrote the the actual script and everything and the story. And it just, it interweaves the right way. I think it, it's it so far. I haven't, like I said, I'm two episodes in, but I feel like it tells a better story than the even the first season did. You hit the nail on the head right there. Cool. Uh, and to the dynamic between the detectives, that that's the problem I had with season one is that it was interesting with the two detectives, but they were kind of pieces of shit, you know. Yeah, and they didn't create enough between those two. Yeah, they didn't really have a rapport. Whereas these guys. They got each other's backs and, you know, from what you could tell in the beginning and every they they're good people trying to do the best they can. Dude, it's funny because I was dying during that scene whenever I wasn't dying, but it was it just made me kind of laugh, I guess, into my head a little in my head a little bit because <laughs> there's a he, they were talking about how he used to be a tracker in Vietnam. And so the cop was like, aren't you going to, like, make him come with us? And he's like, no. 
uh, I'm going to let him do his thing because, you know, it kind of goes about all his credentials and everything. And it, it just kind of made me chuckle to myself because it's kind of like what we all do with each other about blogging. It's like, aren't you going to help him? No, I'm going to let let her go and see how it goes and just watch how they go, you know, blog and, and create stuff and create content and all that kind of stuff. And it, it's great to watch. And it's the exact same type of mentality. And it just it just rang so true to me. And things like that all throughout this first two episodes, at least, made me feel like I was part of it in a lot of ways. It connected with me. So I'm really yeah, excited yeah. to finish the rest of it. Yeah, I, and I will say uh, the rest of the season really connected with me in a big way. Um, very familiar with that region of Northwest Arkansas. Uh, I've got uh, family, friends up there. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a really cool place. For our listeners that are listening in who are maybe on the fence about True Detective, maybe you watched season two, maybe you're, you're still like, I don't know, I don't know about these guys. Uh, set up a little bit what season three is about so far. Well, I was really worried for a second that you were about to plug Arkansas there and not True Detective. (laughs) (laughs) No, I just like the setting. Okay. Yeah, no, so essentially it's... I don't want to get... I don't want to spoil it yet, I don't think, right? Has has everybody watched this, do you think? I haven't, so... No, uh, there's still a lot of people that the word of mouth and the buzz is definitely there, especially online. If you look, uh, everybody's just writing rave reviews or just saying great things about this season, but... I still know a few people are kind of on the fence about watching it and they were going to wait till it's done. But do you want to give an overall recap or do you, would you rather me do it just since that way I don't go too far? Yeah, just you do it. So you don't go too far. Yeah. So essentially it's about a detective and it kind of has the flashback effect where he's kind of remembering different parts of his life and he's telling a story about a case where he found he had to basically go break up a domestic disturbance type of thing and found he and his partner. Yeah. He and his partner, they found kids missing and they had to go find the kids kind of goes from there. And so I don't want to give, give up, you know, too much more than that, but it's enthralling just all the relationships so far. It's just like season one, if not better. So I'm excited to finish it. We won't give away too much, but we'll talk about it here in the coming weeks. I'm, I want to give everybody a little bit of chance, chance to binge watch it if they want to. Yeah, well, I'm I'm giving you a chance to binge watch it before I mention anything further about this season because I don't want to give you any sort of uh, right. hint in yeah. terms of what I thought because I watched the finale last night and yeah. Uh, so once you're caught up, we're definitely going to go over this in detail because this is going to be a show. I might rewatch season three because there's so many details to it, but they're just going over playing back in my head. Yeah, man, I, I definitely agree with you. I'm excited but to talk it was like I told you, going into season three, this guy just needed more time. Season two, they only gave him uh, three months to write it. And it was clear as day like that that was a bad move by HBO. They said, our bad. They gave him two years to write this. And I heard that it already has season four and season five almost in the can. Interesting. I hope they didn't write those too quickly. Well, he's had like almost two years to write all this stuff. That's true. That is true. But it's it's definitely better. I just, so I definitely agree with it needed more time in season two, but dude, season two was just so poorly executed all the way around. Why was Vince Vaughn ever involved? That's, I just, I don't, <laughs> I can't get past that. Yeah. I, and the thing is he, he played the, uh, the bad guy. If he was one of the good guys, I think it would, it would have played along better. Like I, I could see him being a detective, not a mob boss. Exactly, man. It, it was a very confusing choice for that role. It really was. So we watched the Oscars last night. Yeah, while we were uh, working on the website, watched the Oscars. Uh, some very interesting things happened. Uh, what are your thoughts on it? Man, so the show overall I saw was 34 minutes shorter, something like that. Mm-hmm. Well done. Well done. So I think there's a lot of merit to like Billy Crystal hosting those kinds of things. I love Billy Crystal, though. You know, oh, and, me too. And he's yeah. perfect. For something like that, because his personality just glows. It's just, it's how he is. He's an amazing dude. He's hilarious. He connects with a lot of people on a very real level. I think he's great, right? But overall, there's very few people that are like him that are able to host things like this. And so, man, I wasn't even that excited about it with Kevin Hart hosting it. But without a host, it was fantastic. The, oh, the, yeah. Dude, there wasn't the need for all this, like, hoopla and this these skits and these weird things and they still did some of that but they had the right people come and do it 
like Maya Rudolph coming in with Amy Poehler and uh, uh, what's her name uh, from Thirty Rock, Tina Fey. I don't know why I couldn't put my name. Yeah, my Tina name. Fey. Yeah, you know, with her, with them coming in doing stuff like that, like, that worked because it wasn't too much. It wasn't like Kevin Hart up there trying to kind of do different jokes. It was, it was variety, but the show kept moving. And it being thirty four minutes shorter, I saw that the ratings were up like fifteen percent or something like that from previous like ten years. Yeah, I think a lot of that is because of the mystery. Like people tuned in, hmm, I wonder if they're actually going to choose a host or if it is going to be hostless. Let's see how much of a train wreck it's going to be. Dude, I'll be 100% honest with you. This is one of the first award shows I've even paid attention to in 10 years. Yeah, uh, it's, in my opinion, I, I definitely think it's better being hostless. It actually shaved off. I heard it shaved off like the typical 40 extra minutes that the runtime usually is. Yeah, that's what I was saying. It was 34 minutes shorter. Yeah, overall. Yeah. So it's that's amazing. And it felt, it just, the it flowed better, which is crazy because you'd think an MC would be kind of necessary to keep the flow, but it really wasn't. It was, it was very who are obvious. Your other, uh, who are the other favorite uh, hosts other than Tina Fey and Amy Poehler, like in the past that hosted the Oscars? Dude, I don't, let me look back at the list of Oscar hosts. Well, I could tell you right now, Steve Martin. Okay, so he was one of the first ones that popped into my head, but when was that? I think it was Steve Martin and Alec Baldwin. I think oh. they hosted together. Wow, yeah. I don't really remember that. I want to say it was a decade ago. John Stewart hosting was great. Yep. But I love John Stewart, so that's kind of, you know. So 2008 was John Stewart. Ellen was I wish uh, Dave Chappelle did it. Oh, man, that'd be great. Yeah, Ellen, Ellen, you know, she was always pretty easygoing. There was a rumor going around that Whoopi Goldberg was going to come in and do it. But, yeah, like I said, I'm glad it was hostless last night. Dude, yeah. Whoopi doing it would have been weird, right? Yeah, it would have been weird. And, you know, of course the Oscars got a little political last night. But not having uh, someone hosting, I think if someone was hosting, it would have been even more political. For sure. That the Spike Lee thing was a little bit interesting, wasn't it? <laughs> that was interesting. Leaping into Samuel L. Jackson's arms. Dude, one of the best blogs I've written in a while. <laughs> yeah, that's great. The, those pictures are hilarious. He's such a small man and Sam's so tall and they just look like they're meant for each other. Uh, dude, I know. It's ridiculous. And just Mr. Snake's on a plane himself. He's just so large and uh, yeah, the whole thing and was loud. and loud. Yeah, but Man, Spike Lee is, uh, I feel for the guy in so many ways because he's a Knicks fan. He's a true <laughs> Knicks fan. And that organization is just terrible. And there yep. are certain basketball teams. It, it's really prevalent in the NBA. It happens in other leagues, too. But whenever the ownership is just so inept, the Jets are a great example of this. Whenever the ownership is just so inept, it starts from the top down. And it just... You never it's Trickle really hard. Effect, yeah. yeah, and it's really hard to get it right. And so it it makes you feel for guys like Spike who are just diehard fans of the Knicks because one day it's gonna happen for them, but it's not it may not be in Spike's lifetime. You know, I mean it's just one of those right. things. And it that goes into a whole thing, and I won't go into the whole economics of selling the Knicks and what that would mean for him, but it would that's a very lucrative because they're ironically they're one of the worst franchises in sports, but they're one of the most valuable. So that's a whole thing. But anyway, so I always admire Spike in that way. It's really obnoxious how annoying he is about it because I think the media makes such a big deal about it. I think if it were him, if it had if he had it his way, he'd still be the obnoxious Spike Lee that he is, but he wouldn't have all the attention on himself about it. You know? Yeah. Well, you know, I, I really enjoyed the film that he came out with, Black Klansman. Yeah. I thought it was a very well-written screenplay, but Best Picture, mm, nah. You know, it just wasn't there because I felt like Spike got in his way a little bit. It was definitely one of the most relatable films Spike did. But again, this is a, an adapted story. It's not right. like he created himself like a few other films he's done. Uh, but at the end of uh, the show, that's where we had a little bit of uh, controversy where reporter asked him what he thought about Green Book winning Best Picture. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, Green Book is a movie I have yet to see. I need to see it now, especially, but I've been meaning to go out and see it. So I'll probably see this soon because again, Marshall Ali, who plays detective and true detective, great actor. I mean, just great actors all around. So Spike Lee was asked what he thought about it, And he's like, well, it's kind of like when you're at a Knicks game and the ref makes a bad call. That's what he said. Of course. He and did. yeah. So of course he's going to say stuff like that, but it's just like, man, just, yeah, just be just a gracious winner for what you got. Cause he was nominated uh, two times before this and only won one of the three nominations he got last night, but yeah. you know, at least he got something overall. Like I was saying, I, I think I'm pretty happy for him that he got something uh, at this point. It's about damn time. Seems like a pretty solid dude. I don't really have a whole lot of issue with him at the end of the day. He's just kind of obnoxious about the Knicks, but you know, yeah. if you go, if you love a loser, at least you're going down swinging, you know? Yep. Uh, what are some, uh, so other highlights of, of last night, uh, of course, Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper performing shallow thought it was really well done. You can tell they rehearsed and perform and practiced that over and over. Of course, uh, the moment they shared at the end where they're sitting at the piano, everybody's like, Oh, she looks like she wants to kiss him. Blah, blah. I'm like, no, he's, he's pretty happy with that supermodel you know, girl he's with. And, uh, you know, that's all just, it's just stage acting. Like people need to get it through their heads. They're not romantically involved. They did a movie together and that's that. You don't think that he dipped his pen in that ink during the movie? No, I don't don't? think he did that. Nope. Okay. We'll see. We'll see what happens. See everybody in America and their mother wants that to happen. I'm just like, really? Come on. I want it to happen just so you're wrong. That, I don't uh, think everybody... I know. I know how you are. I don't We're think gonna be age seventy and be like, I know that happened. Yeah, yeah. Bradley Cooper's gonna tell me on his deathbed, <laughs> and I'm not gonna have any way <laughs> to te- to rub it in your face because I won't have it recorded or something. Yeah. Well, knowing you, you'd bet money on it. Oh, no doubt about it. I mean, you would the, double down. You give me you ten to, double down. You give me ten to one odds on this, and we're going. Let's go to. I'll <laughs> I'll make it happen. I'll facilitate. Yep. Yeah. Roll them dice. Yeah. I, I'm good with Photoshop. Remember. <laughs> no, but uh, so uh, what, no. What, I, I what thought were some was, of your favorite moments? Uh, I thought that w- performance was really good. I thought it was a little bit. I thought that they did a really good job. It was. It was a little they, they made it intimate, you know. They, they didn't did. do this grand whole thing on stage. That, that's what I liked about it. I, I think the only thing that was a little bit of a weird drawback for me, and it's not a drawback necessarily, but it just felt weird, was that he sung it in a really nice voice. You could tell he'd been practicing, and like he has the, the pipes for it and everything. But that's not how he sung it in the movie. And the gritty cowboy sound. The Sam Elliott voice, yeah. Yeah, was exactly what kind of helped compare and contrast in that song you know right yeah i agree and so it was good it just wasn't as good that version right yeah it wasn't as good and that's not bad it's just it wasn't as good yeah well uh your boy rami malik won uh best leading actor yeah that's was that his one of his first awards that he's won yeah the thing is, before this movie, I don't think he was ever in a feature film. He's only been in independent films, and he was in Mr. Robot. Yeah, man. Pretty impressive. That really is. Cause, yeah, because we were looking at his IMDb, and there's nothing really of note that we recognized, right? Yeah. Man. Yeah, that's awesome. What else did you... What What other takeaways did you have? Uh, surprising moment that happened. Uh, best actress. Everybody thought, including me, it was going to be Glenn Close, because uh, she's never won one, and I guess the Oscars are done with this lifetime achievement type stuff. And they're like, no, we we're really going to go based on merit of who had the best acting. Uh, and Olivia Coleman won best actress for the favorite dude. Good. They need to do. So I solved this problem for the NBA all-star and I'm going to solve this problem for the Oscars as well. And it's going to be the same solution. They need to have like an honorary like that and just give it to mm-hmm. an all-star like Dirk. They just did it in the all-star game, but don't take up a place for someone else who deserves it. So yep. I think it was cool. She's always been Cruella DeVille to me. We've been, t- we've talked about this before and I wish I could see her in something that gets that out of my head, but I just never have. Yeah. So I like Lynn Close just fine, but she'll always be Cruella DeVille. It's one of those things. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yep. Yeah, it's just one of those things. Uh, but yeah, I thought overall, uh, there's not really anything that, that kind of stood out. Everything else kind of made sense in terms of, yeah, this movie should have got that. But overall, I got to say that I really enjoyed 
the Oscars this year because it, it wasn't one-sided. You know, there was always like that movie that took in like Titanic or Avatar with the blue people raking in 15 awards and no one else won in any category, you know, Dude, yeah, that crap was like brutal. that. So I, I really enjoyed that, you know, Roma got love, Green Book got love, you know, all these movies ended up getting some love and some awards and it wasn't just all lopsided. I agree with that, man. Those were always so brutal to watch when it was just one after the other. Titanic, Avatar, those were those James Cameron movies that just did not quit. <laughs> right, yeah. What an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> right, you know he's got like five other Avatar movies coming out, right? Christ. I will. Not, I, don't, yep. I don't even think I watched the first one all the way through. I did because I, I was in an IMAX theater, so, okay, so yeah, I had nothing else to look at. That's the way to see it, though. Yeah, it was. And at the time, it was very cutting edge. Yeah. it's. I mean, it's still a great way to see a movie. Yeah. I, let's see. What was the last movie you saw in IMAX? Dude, I don't even know. I'm just trying to think. I saw Mission Impossible Fallout. It was excellent at the IMAX. Mm, I bet it was good. Yeah, I, I don't even remember the last one I saw at an IMAX. It's been years. Yeah. Did you ever see, uh, did you see The Dark Knight at the IMAX? Yes, they... that was probably the last one I saw. Yeah, well, that's a good one to do it because that was one of the first films uh, or, I guess, feature films where they used and integrated the IMAX camera with it for those scenes. Right. Yeah, man. It was that was fantastic. That was definitely the last one I saw. So that's how long it's been. What was that? 2005? Uh, 2008, Dark 2008, Knight. 2008. And then Dark Knight Rises was 2012. I don't know why I was thinking five, but yeah, that was. Uh, 2005 was Batman Begins. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I knew there was one in like yep. between there. The other than, I mean, that's pretty much my takeaways from the Oscars. Was there anything else that stood out to you? Not really, man. It was a good show. That was one of the first ones I've watched in a long time, and I was glad I did. I mean, we yeah. were kind of working at the same time, but I'm still glad I watched Yeah, it. true. Usually I don't, I can't watch it all the way through because it's always lopsided. But right. yeah, it's, it's interesting. I hope they continue to go hostless. Yeah, man, I, I hope so too. I think that, I think that the flow was just so much better overall. I agree. We know what that sound means. It's time for us to get out of here. We want to thank everyone for joining us for this edition of Sensibly Loud Radio. If you love the show, make sure to rate, review, subscribe, and share with your friends and family. Make sure to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and of course at SensiblyLoud.com. Thank you for joining us, and we'll catch you next time for another edition of Sensibly Loud Radio.